the moments where you can create wow moments for the clients during that experience because of that. it wasn't really something that I had even thought of. Generally, I try to charm them and just kind of the keep good open rapport just between win us. Win them over with your devilish good looks and be like, "Hey, what course you gonna work?" <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I guess. Yeah, hey, if you got it. You got to use it. Like, come on, like seriously. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation. Scott Peckford here. Welcome to the I Love Mortgage Brokering Rookie Mortgage Broker Podcast. So this is a show that we do every Friday, talking to an up-and-coming rookie, finding out what's working, what they're doing to grow their business. Today is a best-of series, and so this one I go through the very first rookie show that we did was with Isabel Sanico and Enrique Levy and I actually coached them to their first five million in production and so there's a bunch of episodes at the front end where you can catch those if you like and so I'm going to share with you some clips from that series. Before I jump into that though I want to give a shout out to our title sponsor Finmo. Finmo is a Canadian mortgage application document collection submission platform that saves the average mortgage broker three full days of time every single year because it's just so quick and intuitive and so one of the cool things is the application has this smart doc feature so as the client's filling it out it's figuring out what documents you need once they submit it and you're trying to figure out where to place that loan you can search lender spotlight you can search the rates and the guidelines to figure out the right place to send it that's also saving you time and then of course as the client's uploading the documents you can be like yes that's good no that's not good here's what i need and we've found that it's very intuitive for clients as well as brokers find it very fast to learn so check out finmo.ca and in this upcoming section where i talk to isabel about where's your head at. So we talk about scarcity versus abundance mindset, why it's important to surround yourself with the right people. And then with Enrique, we talk about why are you doing this? Like, why will you be successful, right? And so check this out and we'll come back and chat with you in a sec. So today I want to talk about mindset. And so one of the things that we do in our program, and I believe is super important, is developing a really strong mindset because you can have the best strategies and tactics, but if you don't have the right mindset, you're not going to do them. And I always say it's like buying a treadmill, hanging your clothes on it and being like, I'm not getting in shape. Well, like, dude, the mindset's going to be the thing that's going to make you get on the treadmill and do the work. And so in this next week, you're going to be going through some specific mindset training that we have used. There's lots of ways to develop mindset, but we're going to give you some specific things that we have done that we've had good success with. When we talk about this idea of mindset, what do you think about? And then what have you been doing to kind of develop and nurture that? So maybe I'll ask you that first, Isabel. It was something that I've always been working on, but I think I took it a step further in 2020, entering the industry and also really getting closer to, you know, that first investment property. So for me, it was really about the mindset of abundance versus scarcity. Those are one of my biggest lessons from last year. You know, there's a lot of us in the industry and I have caught myself in a thought where it's like, okay, there's so many of us, right? How is there enough? And not just in mortgages or real estate, but in general, even when I was in sales, right? It's been a thought. And when I learned that mindset, when I did that shift, I think it really changed a lot in my life. So you know, that has really affected the way I see things, my conversations with other industry partners, colleagues, it has really changed the direction of, you know, how I converse and the way I think about, you know, entering this industry and becoming in this industry, putting myself out there and looking at the people that are in a position that I want to be in eventually, they're doing the things that I'd like to do eventually 
talking to them and sharing my passion with them and sharing where I am at life with them, that's, I think, where my mindset really shifted because I saw the way they responded. You know, when you're thinking like, oh, there's so many people out there, you tend to overthink and you actually form this whole scenario that hasn't even happened yet. You know, you're thinking that they're going to say something that will make you feel like, oh, you're not in the right place. But reality is the people that are successful, they're a lot more open to sharing their ideas. They're a lot more open to actually helping people that are like you and I, Enrique, that are willing to do the work, right? They're willing to help people like us in the industry. And we just have to find those people and keep surrounding ourselves with them. So similar to Isabel, 2020 has been a year of learning about mindset a lot more than previous years, especially with your words and your choice of words. And, you know, for example, say, you know, this day, not the best day is like, you know what? I had a great day. You know, I'm alive. I'm healthy. And just kind of counting your blessings as you're going along. And, you know, even with conversations that you're having with certain people, a lot of times we use words that have a negative meaning to it, even though the intention isn't negative and thoughts have energy. Your words have energy. And this is something that I've learned quite a bit, especially with the last brokerage that I was with and has been fortunate enough to go to another brokerage that really puts emphasis on this way of thinking. And then, you know, from a business perspective, you know, I was getting out there and I was door knocking and that's not an easy task to do. And very much so something that a lot of people really no, would rather not Most people do. would rather like take it, you know, a pin in the eye than you know, to knock on doors. Not <laughs> yeah. And it's funny too, because a lot of realtors and a lot of other agents and brokers, you know, I've been telling them, it's like, oh yeah, like I'm going to go out and door knock. And they're like, why are you wasting your time? I learned a lot from it. I got to meet a lot of people. I do have some potential clients down the road because they weren't quite ready for the time being. But, you know, I planted the seed. I got to meet them face to face. And, you know, for a short period of time, because, I mean, the pandemic kind of slowed me down where that was concerned. But, you know, it proved to be fruitful. And even on the days where I didn't necessarily want to go out, I was reminding myself as to why I was doing this. I was reminding myself as to why I want to be successful in this and why this will work. So, I mean, you know, I got a lot of experience with it. And then, you know, recently I was going through some of the mindset videos that you guys have provided, but also just some other stuff that I've been, I guess, given suggestion for. And it's very much so proven to show a difference in my life, even in my relationships with a lot of my friends and family and how, you know, sometimes things don't always work out the way that people wanted to and, you know, tempers might flare. And even with that, you know, I've noticed a difference where they're able to calm down and we're able to kind of bring each other down to a positive, okay, let's figure this out. So, I mean, like 2020 has definitely been a good year for that and going into 2021, and it's definitely something that I've adopted as a lifestyle choice. I want to ask you, Isabel, so like, do you have a daily practice right now of mindset? I do, actually. And so December 31st, we were celebrating New Year's and I was having these emotions while watching the New York the stream for New Year's. And I was having these feelings of like gratefulness, just big things like 2020 is going to be amazing. Like I remember writing it all down. Oh, my gosh, actually, I have it here. I said, fearless, December 25th, I wrote this down. You know, I wrote down, I'm feeling fearless, capable. This is it, just do it. You have nothing to lose, but everything to gain, no more excuses. Those were the words I wrote on the 25th of December right. at 2.16 a.m. <laughs> right, that's amazing, that's so good. So nice. New, Year's, yeah. New Year's came around and I decided to start this jar of gratitude. So every day- It's not I a swear and, jar. No, not a swear <laughs> jar. <laughs> 
but every day, so I committed to trying to write down something I'm grateful for every single day, starting January. And I've missed out a couple of weeks, unfortunately, but this is the first time I'm doing it. If I missed out, I try to write maybe a couple in a day. And I feel like that's really helped set my day up and my weeks and my month. Just, you know, even when I feel like, okay, I'm going into a little bit of a slump again, like... I look at this and I said, okay, I got to think of something I'm grateful for. I got to think of something positive. I got to think of something I love that I enjoy, you know, envision the future. So I've just been trying to do those and it's not perfect. You know, I, I still have my days where I'm down, but this has really helped me. And writing that down on December 25th has really set up my year. And right. it's been I love that. And that now I'm fantastic. here. <laughs> and now you're here. Yeah. What about you, Enrique? Is there anything that you've been doing? Just what did I learn? And constantly, what did I learn? Because I noticed in my younger years, there was a lot of times that things would be happening around me and somebody else would be like, hey, did you pick up on this? No, I did not. And it's one thing that I definitely want to change for myself is to just be a lot more aware and to take in the lessons that are happening because in just about everything that's happening around us, there's a lesson there. So I've definitely been focused on what did I learn from this conversation, this experience? All right, in this next section, I talked to Enrique Isabel about mapping your customer journey. So I call it, don't skip this step. And it's really important as a new mortgage broker to create that recipe for how you're gonna treat every single client. Check out this clip and I'll come back in a couple minutes. So this last week, we did some training on customer journey. And so if you don't know what a customer journey is, it's where you map out every step of your loan process from first contact to client for life. And even if you're brand new and you may think, Scott, I don't know if I need to do this. I've only got one client or I haven't got any clients yet. It's really important in order to create a consistent experience because if you don't, it will cost you deals. It will cost you referrals and relationships. And so we went through a process with this with Isabel and Enrique. And so I'll talk with you first, Isabel. So in terms of like, what was your biggest takeaway or aha going through the process of mapping out your customer journey? I think my biggest aha was, I guess, when I was going through my customer journey, and I did have mine sort of mapped out beforehand. What we learned from your program, I used it to start tweaking my current client journey. But I think my biggest aha moment is the fact that, like, you never want too big of a gap within your communications with your client. And that's something that I've actually come to encounter as well is the more leads I got, I was sort of losing track of where and when I needed to, you know, get those touch points done without making them feel like, Hey, I went MIA, right. Just because now we're done with the first step, like the application is submitted to the lender. I don't want them to feel like I went MIA. So those were sort of the gaps that I started to notice and want to make sure that I fill and solidify with every client that I work with. So how about you, Enrique? What was sort of your biggest aha or takeaway from actually going through this process? the moments where you can create wow moments for the clients during that experience, because it wasn't really something that I had even thought of. Generally, I try to charm them and just kind of like keep good open rapport just between win us. Just them over but, with your devilish good looks and be like, hey, what well, of course you can <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, I guess. Yeah, hey, if you got it, you got to use it. Like, come on, like, seriously. <laughs> you know, like even just like stuff like just giving them scratch tickets, you know what I mean? Like just there's definitely room there to kind of add those moments that kind of like generate good relationships and that lifetime customers. So there's that. I kind of share with Isabel just not having too much of a gap in between communication. You know, like when I first started, I was kind of confused as to like, okay, should I call them now? Should I not call them now? Is this too much? 
You don't want to be like I needy, think, like a needy, you know, girlfriend yeah. who's like, like the, the, I've anyway, been there too. So, yeah. pretty, pretty, pretty much. I've been a needy girlfriend a lot, actually. That's usually what people say about me. They're like, you're too needy. I'm not a needy girlfriend, by the way. I was just, I was agreeing with you, Enrique. Oh, okay. I just no, realized I said, that. I, I, I actually, okay. I, I, I don't like the word needy. I prefer I'm high maintenance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Sorry. but yeah they, that's, that's it's funny. you know ultimately that is what we're trying to avoid is yeah. that you know that high maintenance kind of experience so i mean in the beginning that was definitely attributed to the fact that i didn't have a system in place to mm-hmm. kind of let me know okay now is the time to do this and now is the time to send out this email and so on and so forth so i mean mm-hmm. especially coming from somebody that's not traditionally an organized person this is absolutely necessary <laughs> And so can you th- yeah. like can you think of one in particular that you thought was like, okay, this is one I'm going to implement into my loan process? Just like Tim Hortons or like Starbucks gift cards. Like, hey, have a cup of coffee on me. Thanks for doing business. You know, enjoy. These small little gestures, I mean, we often overlook them, but they kind of do still have a big impact. Like everybody likes free stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, stuff like that, even like the little scratch cards, like you can go pick one up for a couple bucks and if they win, then their experience just went up, you know, totally. exponentially. They have to share you know? with you. He's like, okay, yeah. if you win, we have to share. No, don't do that. Right? <laughs> that would but steal like even, a gift from them. Even if all they got is 10 bucks out of it, like they're still ecstatic about it, you know? So just like small stuff like that, I very much would like to implement myself. Earlier, we had discussed, you know, just like throwing in videos to kind of help explain the process, especially for first-time home buyers. So that's definitely something that I still need to work on implementing, but very much so love the idea of. So I think what I found tough was, you know, getting on the phone with my clients or just leads in general. And then, you know, some of them just go right into business. But then for me, I'm like, I want to get to know you first a little bit. Right. But then at the same time, I don't want to seem like I'm interrogating them about themselves. (laughs) So it was was like, oh, you know, what chocolate bar do you like? I have a few hundred questions for you. (laughs) So... (laughs) Right. So it's just like it's timing them in the conversations that I have with my clients. And I've found that it does take time because, you know, you don't get on the first call and you say, hey, what you know, kind of chocolate bar do you eat? How do you take your coffee? Like you don't really ask those things, right? They're supposed to come naturally. Yeah. So I think implementing that know your client is definitely going to start making Yeah, we, we call it the all about you form. So or all about, well, yes, yeah. Yeah, all about you. I want to just be able to deliver them something that will make them think that, hey, you know, Izzy takes the time to get to know her clients. And that's really my goal anyway. And that's the reason why I have my client journey is because the experience for me is just so much more valuable than you know, hitting the top, the highest volume in the industry. I know some people might disagree with that, but I went into this industry for that very reason, to leave people feeling like, you know, somebody actually cared. As I started mapping out my client experience, like I started putting little side notes beside my notes saying like, oh, when I hire, this is something that my assistant can take on just so that like I'm that much ahead of it so that when the time does come, I can just be like, okay, here we go. If you're listening to this, I can't emphasize enough how important this step in the process is for you to be able to build a business that you may not think you need to do it because you only got one file. Don't make that mistake because you can still mess things up with one file. All right, so in this next section, I talked to Enrique about how he converts an entire real estate office using his Foresight presentation, which is our perfect realtor pitch, and how he has his first $20,000 a month, which is amazing. And Isabel talks about how she hit 5 million and the advice she would have given herself when she started out. So check out this section. So Isabel, let's chat about, we had some pretty exciting things happen recently. So tell me, where are you at in fundings right now? Yeah, let's talk about that. 
Absolutely. So as of last week, I have hit $5,099,357 in volume. So I've hit my first $5 million in less than a year. That's outstanding. Like, and so what was your sort of expectation to getting to that first $5 million? That's a good question. <laughs> um, I feel like it was fast. I guess in the grand scheme of things, I feel like it was fast. I didn't think that I would be able to hit five million in volume in my first year. I thought maybe two, three million. Like when I started right. last year, that's where I was like, okay, maybe two, three million. Let's start out with that. But then here we are. <laughs> right. But in the process of it, it felt a little bit fast and slow, fast. It was up and down. Right. It's it. an emotional roller coaster. It's not like, yeah. oh my gosh, it's all up and to the right. It's like, oh, this is amazing. Oh my gosh. I feel yeah. I like I got a, I got a referral. Oh, they went somewhere else. And so there's this emotional yeah. roller coaster. So yeah. if you looking back now, if you could give yourself a couple of pieces of advice to the Isabel that before she got here, what would you say to yourself? Number one is just do it. Just pick up the phone and just call and just have a conversation. Just do it. You know, I let fear hold me back a lot. And that's something I'm continuously working through. But the more confident I'm getting and the fact that I have a wonderful support team behind me, you know, shout out to the mortgage coach. And it's a game changer. When you have all of those in place, just do it. There's nothing you can lose, really, aside from, you know, knowing who you don't want to work with at the end of the day. <laughs> right. Okay. So one would be just do it. What would be the second piece yeah, of advice you give yourself? Do it. Second would be definitely goal setting, doing that exercise, you know, writing down your goals and getting clear on your goals. Actually, before writing down your goals, getting clear on those, you know, because we're around technology a lot, we're on our phones, we're, you know, we're watching our shows, we're on the computer. We see a lot of things going on, right? And sometimes when we see other people doing something that they love and it looks great, it could gear you away from what you really want to do. So I think just getting clear on what you really want to achieve in life without worrying about what other people are going to think and say, I think that's really important because it will really narrow down what you need to do and focus on to get there, despite what other people are doing. You know, don't compare yourself to others. You know, I found myself in that a lot last year is I was comparing myself to, you know, investors that were a few years younger than me and they hit, you know, 10 units. I'm like, how did they do that? Right. So you start to feel a little bit down when you see that. But the reality is they went through a different journey compared to what you're going through now. Right. You're at a different stage in your life. So I think that is really important, too. And that's something that I'm also working through. And I think all of us are working through it. Right. Just don't compare yourself to others. <laughs> just focus on where you are and be happy and just, you know, be proud of yourself and celebrate those wins. Anyway, that's awesome. Okay. Well, Enrique, you're very close to actually breaking your four and a half million, I think you said, and you're going to surpass that with very soon. But yeah. tell me a little bit about you recently, there was an opportunity that came up. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the realtors that I've been working with is actually a high school friend of mine. We've now been friends for, holy crap, I feel old. We've been friends for 18 years. And so we were working on a project that we have for ourselves at his office. And, you know, I naturally started talking to people and I didn't realize that I was talking to the broker. But basically the owner manager of the office kind of thing. Yeah. 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 If somebody doesn't and, understand that. You know, so we we're in the middle of talking and I realized very quickly, it's like, holy crap, I'm being interviewed right now. Like, this isn't just a general. Yeah. He's not just asking. He's actually interviewing you. He's like, Yeah. Yeah, so I kind of quickly pivoted to the four slide presentation. It's like, hey, man, like I got this great presentation that'll help illustrate a bit more of what I'm talking about and how this can help. 
And he was communicating with me as I was going through it. But like by the time we got to the end, he was like, I want you to get on a Zoom with me and we're going to meet all the other brokers, the agents in the office, and we're going to start funneling our deals through you. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Get me up, baby. Got to hire an assistant soon, are we? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. That's awesome. Actually, guys. it's kind of funny. I was just talking to my buddy. I was just like, hey, man, like we might actually split an assistant. Just kind of like showing the cost on that. So, I mean, like it definitely was to my benefit to just kind of dive in head first and <laughs> hope to God if I pull the string of parachute we can pull yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. It's going to go. It's going to go. And, and so there's one other thing about this month that's super exciting as well. So you'd said to me something that's happened. What's the commission for this month? We're not saying this to yeah, brag, I'm, but just, ooh, yes, uh, yes, yeah, yes. it's not a brag thing. It's just a, like, it's a celebration <laughs> thing that I'd love you to share. Yeah. So yeah, I'm having my first $20,000 month. Right. Woo! Which is like so crazy. And whenever somebody does that for the first time and, you know, if you're listening to this and you're new, it's like, well, that seems like a lot. But, you know, you put in the work and it can happen. Like it happens sooner than you expect. In this next conversation that I have with Isabel, she talks about the importance of choosing the right brokerage. And I can't tell you how important it is to surround yourself with the right people, get the right support. So have a listen to what Isabel has to say with that. Was there any point so that you questioned like, hey, am I in the right industry? If you're right, should I do this? Because, you know, yeah, I'm curious if you yeah. ever, did you question that? Absolutely. That's like 100%. First six months, definitely. Finding the right brokerage was one of the things that I had to do. Obviously, I think all of us do, but it's finding that right one, right? There's a difference between just joining a brokerage that you find right away and actually looking at how can you be successful and yep. what do you need to be successful? Because everybody's needs are different, right? We yeah, all learn different it's real, Yeah, I, totally, I agree. It's important to find the right, yeah. like, it's like finding a, you know, a significant other. Or, yeah, you know, it's, that's exactly and it's gonna it. it's different for everybody. Everybody's going to have a different, yeah. Thing, but yeah, like what they ultimately, yeah. I was frustrated and I think I was more frustrated with myself. I felt like I didn't know what I wanted and I felt like I was just not getting what I needed. Yeah. Um, and then at one point I started feeling like maybe I'm the problem. <laughs> Right. That's when I started to question myself. I'm like, maybe, maybe I'm not right for the business. Like, should I keep going? Should I just go find a part-time job? I mean, this is COVID too, you know? And it's like, oh, how am I supposed to find a job during this time? It's been so tough. Like it was a lot of ups and downs. Yeah. I mean, I just, I kept going, but don't get me wrong. I questioned myself a lot. And this is where I started to also see that it's so important for the brokerage that you're at to understand the kind of business that you want to do mm -hmm. and how you want to do it, because they are the ones who are going to be able to support you rather than telling you, no, don't do it this way. It was more like, how do you like to do business? Right. Do we fit? Do our values fit? Do our morals fit? Like as an agent and as a brokerage, you know, do they fit together? Because if they don't, then you're just going to keep clashing. Right. We did a the series with you. We did some training and we did the podcast yeah. series. So what was like for you, the biggest takeaway from the training that we did? You know what? I think it's the fact that even though you're new, this is something I kept hearing continuously too, is that even though you're new, you probably know more than, you know, the clients that you're speaking with. You're their person to get information from, right? If someone's a first time home buyer, they only know what's out there. But whereas in me, I'm in a position where I have access to more resources. I have access to people and I can actually get the right answers for them. Right? Even if you don't know it. For right Even if you don't know it right away. No, but yeah. yeah, 
And if somebody, even if they've done five mortgages, like, so what? It's five years apart and all the rules changed. Like the whole game is not even the same anymore. So their experience was five years ago may look nothing like today because their situation may have changed. Certainly the rules and regulations have changed. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Some of the things you want to do now that you could do five years ago be illegal today. Like you're literally like, (laughs) you're literally like, you're going to jail for that. You can't do that. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I think it's just, you know, that confidence, I guess. Own your space, you know, and be like, okay, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. It's really important, actually. It's a mindset, really, shift is what you have to have. It there. is. Yeah. And, and also just really getting yourself out there. I mean, you guys had the coaching program we did really help to shift your mindset. The mindset part is huge. I think that's also one of my biggest takeaways, right? It's when your mindset's different, if you're in a confident mindset, when you know what you want and you're valuing what you want, it comes off to the other person as well when you talk to them. And it reciprocates, right? They feel good about working with you and talking with you. So why not? Like, why not keep the conversation going? Right. So I, I remember I think, when you came to me and you were meeting with that realtor who said that he'd already had somebody. And I'm like, okay, here's what you say to him. And you killed it. And you're like, oh my gosh. And I was like, it was so great. That was awesome. That was funny. Yeah, that was yeah. really great. <laughs> All right. In this section, I talked to Enrique Levy about getting leads from TikTok. And even though I call TikTok the crack cocaine of social media because it kind of is, and I don't recommend that most people, unless you're going to fully commit to it, to use TikTok as a primary strategy for generating business. If you do it right and you do it consistently like Enrique did, it can work for you. So check out this conversation I have with Enrique. When we were chatting before and you're telling me your TikTok and I'm like, man, I've seen TikTok. I can't sing. I can't dance. You know, I got a face for radio. I don't know what I'm going to do on there. But you just basically educate people and like you're not on there dancing and singing and, you know, uh, shaking your booty. You know, um, I refuse to do all of that. All I'm doing is just answering questions that I get asked in my meetings or you know, just stuff that I think, you know, like we do a lot of meetings with the BDMs and all the yeah. different lenders. So like sometimes I'm just sitting there and I'm just like, oh, that's a big deal. Let me post that. You know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah. You see, you're seeing an opportunity. Everybody else is like, this is just our information, but you're seeing it as opportunity for education-based yeah. marketing, which I've always loved. What do you think your time commitment per day is now? What do you think you have to spend on TikTok in order for it to like, you know, be effective? Honestly, like it takes me five minutes now. Like once the idea hits my head, the idea hits your head and then you you just cut a video, blurt it out. And then, you know, I'll spend a couple of seconds editing, you know, like small edits. There's apps and stuff, you know, like I don't use it all the time, but there's apps and stuff that I'll also auto put in like captions for you, which if you guys are listening, I'd honestly suggest you do it. I don't do it all the time. So I might not be the best example of it, but it really does help. And then it's out there. Right. My first video, I think took me like an hour and a half just between stuttering feeling like I was looking like a robot, like, you know, like just kind of shaking off. I wouldn't say cobwebs because it wasn't a muscle that I built, but like, you know, just kind of like shaking off the nerves, you know what I mean? And it's literally like going to the gym or getting the habit of a diet, right? Like you got to start somewhere. As I started to build that muscle, it got less and less, but yeah, my first video was like an hour and a half. You did 30 days of videos in a row. How important do you think that was to building that, you know, the new muscle? Listen, I get people asking me how to social media all the time, and I happily share this information. And the one thing that I tell everybody is you have to commit to 30 days, one post a day for 30 days, because the algorithm will not take you seriously if you don't. There's another gentleman that is on TikTok as well, right? And he's got a couple thousand followers, so he's doing pretty all right for himself. We started roughly around the same time. He's doing the same thing that I'm doing. I've got 17,000 followers. He does not. Right. Right. And like, if I had to put my thumb on what it is, is like I was consistent and he wasn't. 
you know, we worked together on the My First Five Million project and we were, you know, doing coaching and stuff. So what was for you the biggest takeaway or the most helpful part of that? Organization was by far the biggest. I'm not by nature an organized person, right? You know, like even through school, how I got through school and graduated is astonishing because- Do you have any like ADD or like attention stuff? No, because when I'm interested, I'm full attention, right? Right. Um, If I'm not interested, I can still pay attention and get, you know, the gist of what it is you're talking about. But, you know, and just for whatever reason, organization is just not something that I practiced. So, you know, my biggest thing, like putting everything into my CRM, even when I'm on the road, you know, I used to just take conversations while I was driving. Now I completely pull over wherever I'm going. Unless I'm on my way to an important meeting, then I'll just tell them, hey, you know, I'm busy right now. Can we connect again at this time? Or I just don't answer the phone and respond with, like, I have an auto text that goes out whenever I'm in the middle of something. Yeah. But, um, you know, just putting the information immediately into the CRM and then constantly referring to my CRM when I got to do follow-ups and stuff, that was yeah. the biggest help and one of the biggest takeaways. I mean, the four-slide presentation, yeah, big, big game-changer as well. That's helped on the realtor side. and then Yeah, it's helped on the realtor side, but, like, just, like, yeah. on managing my business organization was huge for me. All right. So hopefully you found those conversations to be very useful for you. As we said, I coached Enrique and Isabel to their first 5 million. The way that we do it now, so we made some changes. We're always learning and evolving. And what we have found that works the most effectively is we created a brokerage called Island B Mortgage Pros. And in that brokerage, the depth of the training is significantly better than what we've ever done in the past. We've had good success. Like I don't want to take away from our previous training or the success our clients have had, but the new program is significantly better. So I have taken everything that I've learned from coaching new people, experienced people. We've created what we call our rookie to rock star, where we take somebody who's new, whether you've funded only a few mortgages or none, and then we show you exactly how to build a referral-based business. We have this 100-day challenge where literally five days a week, Monday to Friday, we send you, hey, it's Monday. Here's what you need to do today. Hey, it's Tuesday. Here's how many minutes of training it's 37 minutes then you need to do abc and what we have found is that our agents are like oh my gosh scott i now know what i need to do every single day and every action activity builds on the previous day previous week so it's very mapped out keeps people on track and it, it is extremely powerful so go check out rookie to rockstar.ca that's rookie to rockstar.ca to find out more about that brokerage. Thanks again for listening to the rookie show. Really appreciate you. If you're new in the business, welcome. This is an amazing industry. You can have such an impact on people and you can make an amazing living, but it is challenging when you first start out. And so we would love to help you with that. Go check out rookie to rockstar.ca and check out this podcast. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production. 